Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Motor Racing Network presents an MRN original podcast series. Have a look at Jeff Gordon. He's starting to close the gap. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. I don't look at them as grown-ups when I'm out there. I just look at them as competitors. What a big day for young Jeff Gordon and the Bill Davis Racing Team. This is uh, the biggest dream come true for me ever. Jeff Gordon is leader. Earnhardt is second. Sorry, bud, but Jeff Gordon, he's just a better driver than you are. Jeff Gordon pulls off a last lap charge by Jeff Burton and wins the Winston Million. He won those championships. He revolutionized the sport. They're side by side on quarter number four. Gordon leans on Jimmy Johnson coming down to the line. People can see there definitely was a change in our relationship. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, Here's your host, Brian Nelson. Welcome back to MRN Presents Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. I'm Brian Nelson. We pick up Jeff's story at the end of 2001. He had won his fourth Cup Series championship, the first without crew chief Ray Evernham. In 2002, he turned his attention toward winning his fifth. Crew chief Robbie Loomis was back, and the expectation was that the success from 01 would continue. That wasn't the case. Despite posting 20 top 10 finishes in 2002, Jeff scored only three wins. It was also the first full-time season for new teammate Jimmy Johnson, someone Jeff had helped advance through the NASCAR rankings. Um, yeah, where I had my chance to talk to Jeff, um, let's see, it was 2000, my first year in Bush. The Herzogs um, brought me up from off-road to ASA to Bush. And they let me know a week or so before that event that Alltel wouldn't be returning and they were going to shut the shop down and encouraged me to kind of go out and, and find a job and, and see what was what was out there for me. So um, I started you know, talking to teams, looking around, trying to figure out something. You know, I think I ran like eighth or something was my best run that year in a, in a bush car for them. So, you know, looking at my options and my options involved leaving Chevrolet. And Chevrolet found me, brought me along, and I just I really had a hard time with, with walking away. So Jeff was faced with a similar scenario. Ford and Bill Davis left and went to Rick Hendrick and Chevy, and it clearly turned out very well. And I, I thought that he would have some insight that would be helpful for me. So I kind of um, stalked him a bit and knew he was racing the, the race in Michigan, um, the fall race in Michigan in a bush car. And um, stalked him at the driver's meeting, introduced myself to him, and asked him if, if he would have a quick minute to, to, so I could pick his brain. And uh, that, that was that conversation. And you know, literally in that conversation, I found out Hendrick was looking to start a fourth team, and I was the only driver that they had spoken about at, at that point in time. So you know, I'm sitting there wondering if I'm going to have a job and leave the transporter 
with with the thought of you know a real job and a real team and, and the highest level. So it was, it was a wild day for me. Johnson got a lot of attention early in 2002 for winning the prestigious pole position for the Daytona 500. One of the storylines we mentioned a few moments ago was the fact that we have a couple of uh, first-timers on the front row for the Daytona 500. On the Bud Pole, only his fifth Winston Cup start is Jimmy Johnson out of Hendrick Motorsports. Jim Phillips of Newport, Tennessee is with Jimmy. 185.831 to Bud Pole when he's speed on to the third rookie to do this. Jimmy Johnson, what does it mean to you personally to be on the pole for the Daytona 500. Oh, it means a lot, and the way the 125s worked out for us, it's nice to know that we were starting on the front row. I learned my lesson there, uh, what I need to do to, to go out of bounds and still be able to, to stay out on the racetrack and play with everybody. So I learned my lesson qualifying here on the pole in such fashion is uh, just a dream come true for myself. Uh, you know, great accomplishment for Rick Hendrick and Jeff Gordon as a car owner now, and, and Lowe's uh, to start off the 2002 season. We're very happy. It didn't help that the rookie, Johnson, also scored three wins, matching Gordon's total. The two became fast friends, which Johnson said complicated matters. Yeah, I mean, our, our rivalry was definitely there, and, and what complicated it was a friendship, too. Um, I think it would have been easier for both of us and certainly easier for him if we didn't have a friendship. Um, and in a, a real one, I mean, he stood up in my wedding. So, uh, you know, you, when you think back to the circumstances, he just won his, his fourth championship in 2001. Um, you'd never think that the 48 and Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss would, would do what they did. So I, I knew he was hopeful and, and expected us to win and do well. But to come in like we did and to you know, race him for championships and, and, and get the upper hand to, you know, some races went our way, some races went his way. But, you know, on track, we, the 48, started setting a mark that was so high the whole field was chasing us. So that just created a, a complicated situation that, um, you know, we both managed. And, and to his credit, um, you know, we've been able to, to, to work through that professional side and come out the other side, you know, with a, with a very strong friendship. On top of his falling short of expectations on the racetrack and having a new rival in Johnson, Jeff was trudging through a divorce from his first wife, Brooke Seeley. For the first time in his career, he was struggling on and off the racetrack. Team owner Rick Hendricks said Jeff wasn't the kid anymore. And while he was having a hard time, he never let it show. You know, I'll have to say this about Jeff. He's so mature, um, and he's always a team leader. And he was happy for Jimmy. And uh, he would say, man, that, that guy's unbelievable. Uh, and I know he felt that he was just as good. Maybe the car wasn't as good or whatever. But he never, if Jeff Gordon ever got down, he, you would never know it. And since I've known him, I've never had to, to say, hey, it's okay, whatever. He's, he's always pick himself up and never show any kind of depression or remorse. I mean, going through a tough time with, with a divorce and a team change with a crew chief and all of that. And he, he never blinked. He, he was always carrying the team and uh, trying to motivate everybody else, even when when he was getting beat by Jimmy. The next several seasons were much of the same. A handful of wins here and there, but it didn't match the Jeff Gordon standard he and NASCAR Nation had come to expect. 
In 2004, the NASCAR Cup Series welcomed a new title sponsor, Nextel, and a new points format would decide the championship. It was dubbed the Chase for the Cup. Jeff had won five times that season as the chase began, which should have been enough to win his fifth championship. But the chase playoff format was set to tighten the championship standings among the series' top contenders. And that adjustment wiped out Jeff's sizable points lead. The last race of the season at Homestead would be his final shot at the title. And on that day, luck wasn't on his side. Instead, it went to Kurt Busch. Racing under the green flag, Bush's number 97 Ford cut down a tire. As Kurt dove for pit road, the tire broke away from his car and bounced out on the racetrack, bringing out a caution. Had it bounced down pit road instead, the race would have remained green and the championship could very well have been Jeff Gordon's. Under yellow, Bush was able to pit, fix the problem, and retain his points lead. Caution is on the speedway, and it is a problem for Kurt Busch, the Nextel Cup points leader starting the race today. Let's back go over to turn two and get an update there. Already a near disaster and still a potential disaster for Kurt Busch. He got about midway between turns one and two, and the car just simply would not turn. He did an amazing job to keep the car off the wall. Ran literally two inches from the concrete all the way around through turns one and two. Kept it off the wall, immediately headed for pit road. And Danielli had a problem even when he came on pit road. Yeah, that disaster almost became a, uh, a big time disaster as he was trying to come down pit road. The casing on that uh, right front came off, bounced into the on back on the speedway. Actually, when Dale Earnhardt Jr. was coming by, so Dale Earnhardt Jr. had to do some evasive. The tire actually came off, bounced back onto the uh, track in front of uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. He had to do a little bit of evasive driving as well, but uh, Kurt Busch has now made a pit stop, I believe, in front of Winston. Well, they changed right side tires only. The entire wheel came off. The middle section of the wheel was broken loose, so the, so the hub was still attached to the, or the tire was still attached to the wheel, but it completely came loose, so they brought it down, just changed right side tires, and sent him back onto the racetrack. When that wheel came off, he nearly collected the end of pit road down there. That would have probably done him for the day. It cost him the championship. He missed it by the thickness of a sheet of paper down there. He dives to the inside lane. He's all the way up to third, looking to make it three wide as he lifts Joe Nemechek off the ground. Gordon three wide to the inside. Bold move for Jeff Gordon. He's there. He loses the spot to Dale Jarrett. Hand-to-hand -hand combat now as they stack him up in turn three. Gordon with the spot. Greg Biffle coming off turn four, down on the start-finish line. He's been the strongest man all day. He'll win the season-ending Ford 400 in a Ford. Jimmy Johnson crosses the line in second. Jeff Gordon third. Tony Stewart finishes in fourth. And fifth is Kurt Busch. And he is the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series champion. Jeff, oh so close. How difficult is this one for you to swallow and, and know that you were that close? You've won four of these. How difficult is it? Yeah, you know, I, I don't think we could have done much more. I mean, we put such a great effort out today and, um, you know, got, got good results. Uh, you know, but that 97 was strong, 48 was strong, and I, I knew that they would be like that all throughout the day. And, you know, you got to, you know, look back at those last 10 races and, you know, say, well, what could we have done? But, uh, you know, we did everything that we knew what to do. And um, I'm just so proud of everybody on this DuPont Chevrolet team. Got to thank DuPont and, and Pepsi and GMAC, Quaker State, La uh, Lays, um, you know, Haas, EDS. It, it was a great year for us. And, um, you know, I wish we could have won that championship, but uh, we gave it everything we had. I was real proud of those guys for coming back from our, our problem with the tire and getting back up there and having a good finish.
At the time, Steve Letarte was Gordon's car chief. He says the 2004 championship battle was a bitter loss because the team felt they had a good shot at winning that fifth title. 04 was a devastating loss. I mean, 04 was, we won the championship in 01, and then 02 and 03 were not our best years, and 04 we kind of found it again, and we were really good. Uh, it was the first year of the chase then, what are known as the playoffs now, and we were close. We didn't have the best Darlington, which hurt, which was surprising because Jeff was so good there. But then, really, we had a chance. And then when the 97 tires bounced on the racetrack instead of down pit road, that was kind of the end of it. Through the years, the chase format didn't work well for Jeff. Each season, a number of factors seemed to prevent him from winning another championship. But Jeff refused to make excuses. I would have, could have, should have. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that I leave behind uh, if I had any regret or, or was let down by anything, I never won the championship under that format, under the chase format, because I love the playoff system that we have now, and, and I think it's very challenging, and I think it was a task that, that I took on, um, you know, very strongly and, and didn't didn't accomplish it. Why? Um, yeah, my strengths were probably, if you looked at it, being consistent over an entire season. And, and that's what wins championships, um, especially you know when I came into the sport and other other series that I raced before that. So that was a big change, um, but I don't think that that's a, 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 I don't want to use that as an excuse. I mean, we took it on and and worked really hard at it. The next probably thing in, on the list of what kept us from getting it done is Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss at 4018. They were just very very good. I mean, I feel like we had. You know, one or two opportunities to get championships under that format, and, and one of them certainly was, was uh, cut short by Jimmy Johnson because they were so dominant. The start of the 2005 season renewed Gordon's hope as he won that year's Daytona 500. All the drafting help is down low as they come to the super stretch for the final time. Jeff Gordon leads the way. Here's Kurt Busch crowding down low in second. Dale Earnhardt Jr. not a factor to win. Busch all over the rear side of Jeff Gordon. It's Gordon leading to three. For the final time in turn number three, Jeff Gordon, Kurt Busch, everybody else from there on back is too wide. Here comes Jeff Gordon looking for the checkered flag. Jeff Gordon leads the way off turn four looking for his sixth Daytona win. Kurt Busch looks one time to the inside, can't make the move. Jeff Gordon is the 2005 Daytona 500 champion. It was a good start, but once again, a change was brewing that would eventually move car chief Steve Letarte into the crew chief position. In the end of 04, early 05, uh, Robbie's mom was ill. And um, so the decision was actually a long time ago. Uh, people don't realize that, that Robbie was not going to be around at the end of 05 regardless. I think that decision was made probably the end of 04, early 05 by, by Robbie. Um, I only know that because the, the, the whole story goes that I was going to go crew chief for Kyle Busch and Brian Weitzel was going to be the team manager. And when that conversation kind of came up, Jeff got involved. He's, well, I wanted you to be my guy. Well, I had some conversations with Jeff, and we agreed, all right, I'll stay here with Robbie and, and learn under his tutelage, and, and I'll be your crew chief whenever Robbie wants to go. No, no time frame. And then soon after that, Robbie's mom became sick, and it became clear 
Uh, for a lot of that 05 season, Robbie was wouldn't come home between the races. He would go from fly with NASCAR from the race to Florida, be with his mom, and then uh, which is where she was sick, and then would meet us at the next race or come home for like a day a week. And, and we were still running good. Everything was going good. And then we just kind of started not running as good as we needed, had some tough luck, call it whatever you want. And when we missed the playoffs, we just made the decision at that point. And Robbie was one of the, the champions to it. He said, listen, uh, you know, you just need to – I mean, I have never – I was 26. Right, Robbie, like, Robbie was pretty adamant. Like, you could just give this kid a chance to at least get his feet wet before the next year. So uh, Robbie was a, a huge part of it, but he bowed out and gave me those last uh, 10 races. Steve Letarte took over as crew chief with 10 races remaining in 2005. He led the number 24 team to their fourth victory of the season at Martinsville, his first win as crew chief. Final time off turn number two, it's Jeff Gordon with Tony Stewart in hot pursuit in a turn number three. Gordon right on the bottom of the racetrack, off turn four for the checkered flag. Jeff Gordon is going to victory lane at Martinsville Speedway. He will win the Subway 500 here this afternoon. His first win since Talladega in the spring, believe it or not, it is his first top five since Darlington in May. Jeff Gordon picks up the win here today at Martinsville. What a great, great effort by this DuPont Chevrolet team. I'm just so proud of him. It's been a tough year, and uh, we, we certainly uh, you know, could use a win. And uh, today, t- today was just phenomenal. Uh, just want to say thanks to Steve Letard, all the guys on this team. They, uh, they work really hard, and uh, that was a great call he made to stay out that one time is really what won us the race today. It was a big moment for Hendrick Motorsports and a huge moment for Steve Letarte, who had felt the pressure to live up to the Jeff Gordon legacy. When I was promoted to crew chief in 05, David Poole wrote an article, and the title was that I was going to be the next Pete Rondo. Um, Pete Rondo had a, the story goes, Pete Rondo had a short snippet with Dale Jr. It didn't work out. Rondo, I don't know if it was like or what happened, but he wasn't there anymore. And I cut that article out, and from the first day I was Jeff's crew chief, Chief to the last day I was at Hendrick Motorsports, I sat behind my desk on the bulletin board because I didn't, you know, like I said, there was no social media. But but David Poole at the time, I mean, he wrote for the Observer and he had one of the sharpest pens, right? He he would write his opinion whether you liked it or not. And I'm a true believer that in every bit of criticism, there's an ounce of truth. You better figure out what the truth is. And and my point to that was not that he was wrong or wanted to prove him wrong. My point was if someone as respected as David Poole would have enough gumption to write that. He wasn't doing it out of spite. He didn't know me. That wasn't it at all. That was his belief. And I wanted to make sure that whatever drove that belief, we didn't allow creep in. So we just worked. All we did was work. Letard called 2005 a transitional year for the number 24 team. And it was a necessary transition. Jeff gave him some advice as they finished out the year together. Advice that he's glad he did not take. So Jeff gave me the best advice I tell everyone. I went and sat in his office uh, the day we made the change. And, and he said, man, all you have to do is treat me like everybody else on the team. Now, I never did that. That was the, one, the best advice I never took. I think he was a mentor to me, a friend to me. You know, too hard for me to do it that way. Um, but I think we were ready for a fresh beginning. You know, we had missed the playoffs. It was kind of a crushing blow. Um, but, but, you know, in racing, you just learn to kind of go the next week and do it again. And that's what we did. Um, and when I was promoted from within the ranks to move up, it was a it was a I mean, it was a tough transition, but not with Jeff. Jeff was great. He taught me like I was an experienced crew chief coming in from the outside, right? Anything I wanted to try or do, he was on board with doing. Um, it's just it's a tough position to learn. 
If 2005 was a transitional year for the team, 2006 was a transitional year for Jeff personally. At a modest ceremony in Mexico, he married supermodel Ingrid Vandenbosch after the couple had dated for two years. Having experienced a very public first marriage and divorce, Jeff hoped to keep this relationship more private. He also opened the Jeff Gordon Children's Hospital at Atrium Health Cabarrus in Concord, North Carolina. Always looking to expand his philanthropic efforts, the idea started with his Jeff Gordon Children's Foundation looking to name a room. The strategy developed into becoming the hospital within a hospital and has served over 16,000 children in the community since its opening. Back on the track, the team was winning a few races a year, which was still successful, but not what Jeff was looking for. 2007 would be the return of the classic Jeff Gordon. For his first win of the year, he'd have to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with another established racing legend and one of Gordon's on-track rivals. Jeff Gordon leads the field off of turn four. Here comes to the punt, Chevy off turn four and down to the line. Jeff Gordon scores his first win of the year and his first win ever in the Nextel Cup Series at Phoenix International Raceway. With his win tonight at Phoenix International Raceway, Jeff Gordon has reached the mark of 76 career victories that ties the late Dale Earnhardt and in honor. He has circled the Phoenix International Raceway with a number three flag. The crowd loving that. Steve Letard holds that Phoenix win as one of his biggest accomplishments as crew chief. Phoenix, that's my most memorable win with Jeff. That's the one track that you asked me earlier, did I ever want to live up to Ray? I never thought I did. But Phoenix is the one track that both Ray and Robbie and Brian and everybody had Gordon with since the beginning that he had never won. So winning there, you know, Texas was a new track. New tracks had come, but that one had always been on the schedule. It's Jeff Gordon's rookie year. They've already been going to Phoenix. And that's the one that they had never won. So when we won there with Jeff, that was hands down our most memorable win together. The next week in Talladega, Jeff barely edged out Dale Earnhardt Jr. to win, passing his legendary father's career wins record. It is going to finish under the yellow here on the green-white checker. And it will be Jeff Gordon going to victory lane, Jimmy Johnson finishing second, Kurt Busch third, Kevin Harvick fourth, and Jamie McMurray fifth. Ryan Newman looks like he will get sixth, David Gilliland seventh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. eighth, David Scrimmie ninth, and the rest of the top ten would include Martin Truex Jr. What a day at Talladega. A wild day of racing. It was coming down to a green-white checkered finish. And again, as they just were coming up to speed, going off into turn one, as the green had flown, the accidents broke out, cars hitting the wall, several more incidents down the back straightaway, and this race is going to end under the caution flag. The fans here at Talladega stand up and cheer as Jeff Gordon leads the pack under the caution flag. Back to start finish. He will win the Aaron's 499 at Talladega Super Speedway. Again, Jimmy Johnson finishes in the second spot. Let's go to pit road. The celebration is on. They've been waiting patiently down here for these last two laps. The crew out on pit road, Steve Latart talking to his driver. They are celebrating second consecutive win. Steve, congratulations. And I, I can't thank everybody on the DuPont Chevrolet enough. They've worked all year long, you know, to build wonderful race cars. And to get off to a start, this, you know, this impressive really, really impressive. Really, really working. Last two laps, riding around on a caution. That had to be painful waiting for the checkered flag to come out. Yeah, no, you know, green-white checker at Talladega is always a nerve-wracking place, but, you know, the rules are in place. I hate we didn't race back. These fans deserve to see a race, and I really wanted to race back to the yellow, but unfortunately we don't. The rules are the rules, and we'll take the win. 
Steve Letarte for the second week in a row going to Victory Lane. Jeff Gordon getting very emotional down in Gatorade Victory Lane. Let's go down there right now. Well, Barney, I'll tell you what, it's a big celebration. The second week in a row, Jeff Gordon, the DuPont Chevy area is celebrating with Steve Letarte there. Uh, boy, just having a great time. Jeff, congratulations, two in a row here. Well, the only marks I've got on my car is from all the cans that were thrown at it afterwards. Uh, what a great day uh, for this DuPont Chevrolet team. Uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of fans out there that, uh, that that probably didn't want us to win this race today, but uh, nobody had more respect for Dale Earnhardt than I did. And uh, everything that I learned from him, I applied it out there on the racetrack today. And uh, it was a great victory. And, and I know there's fans out there that, that are, are happy and love to see us win. That, uh, are our fans as well and I appreciate you know everybody that, that that pulls for NASCAR racing I hope they enjoyed the race today it was a pretty awesome race crew chief Steve Letard admits he was living a dream celebrating milestone after milestone with his driver but at the time he didn't recognize the weight of those moments um, and then we went to Talladega and the caution came out I think we had a fender over Dale Jr. and man they tore that place apart you know it's funny like like the moments in time are bigger looking back than they were when you were there um, that's one thing that I don't miss about being a crew chief is that to be successful, you live in a, a blurry tunnel. And if you let it get any clearer than a blurry tunnel, you're going to get your ass kicked on Sunday because the ones you're going against, they don't, they don't stop in small roses. So as a broadcaster now looking back, those moments, I wish I had more memories. I really don't. I remember winning the race and the beer cans getting thrown. And, it, and by the time I got to victory lane, we were thinking about the next week. As the season wound down and competition for the championship got tighter, Jeff's domination trailed off, starting at Martinsville. Down the back straightaway for the final time. Jimmy Johnson trying to cover the bottom. He bobbles. Gordon bumps it. Here comes Gordon. They're side by side on corner number four. Gordon leans on Jimmy Johnson coming down to the line. Jimmy Johnson's going to pull it off by just a couple of feet. Holding off the boss to win here at Martinsville today in the Goodies Cool Orange 500. You know, I'm not going to wreck my teammate for a win. I tried to move him several times, but, uh, you know, he's, he's tough here, and uh, he, he ran his line, did what he needed to do. And, um, you know, we had a much faster race car, but uh, the fastest car doesn't always win, and they played a good pit strategy. But uh, I could be more proud of all the guys in this DuPont uh, Impala Chevy, you know, today. It was just uh, a great, great effort to, to have our problems have that kind of a race car and um, you know I really thought we uh, we should have won this one and I'm pretty disappointed that we didn't. He wasn't completely out of the championship battle but momentum was not on Jeff's side anymore and any hopes of getting his fifth title that year would end in Phoenix. For Jimmy Johnson he's if this finish comes up like it's running right now he's going to pick up a lot of points on his teammate here this afternoon uh, Jeff Gordon. They're back at turn two. Leader comes off of turn two and up the back and again, if Jimmy Johnson catches the lap machine, that would be David Dillon. Shouldn't be much of a problem. Johnson just barely cruises through turns three and four, almost not on the throttle. An absolutely brilliant race run by Jimmy Johnson, Chad Knauss, and the team. A championship effort for sure. Jimmy Johnson leads him off turn four. Moving for the tenth time this year, he is championship material. Jimmy Johnson will win the Checker Auto Parts 500 at Phoenix. Jeff Gordon wound up in 10th today and again lost a lot of ground in his chase for the championships. Steve Post is with him. Jeff Gordon here uh, in the throng of media. Jeff, 10th place today, lost a lot of ground on the championship. Your thoughts on your run? Heck, unless you're going to lead the most laps to win the race, <laughs> you're not going to make up any ground on those guys. I mean, you know, uh, they're doing an awesome job and, and we just, you know, we, we 
we just haven't been able to get the job done the way we need to. I mean, heck, right now, even if we're finishing second, we're not good enough. So, uh, you know, I, I'm more disappointed that we just missed the handling again. And, and you know, we, we were so strong here the last time. I really thought we were going to be good like that again, and we just weren't all day. We struggled with it. And, uh, you know, and then to see your teammate go out there and, and stomp them like that, uh, you know, it, it makes it even that much more frustrating from a, from a speed standpoint. But, uh, you know, they're doing the job to win the championship. And, uh, you know, and we haven't. So yeah, I thought it was our year. I really did. But uh, the way things have been going here lately, I, I just don't think it is. It was a devastating blow to the team, which felt all season it was their year. Latart said experiencing the highs and lows of 2007 was brutal. That's the best and worst year of my racing career. You know, in 2007, Jeff Gordon deserved a championship. If I could go back and relive it again, I don't know if we could have won it or not, but we would have done things differently. We dominated the regular season. I think we had a four or 500 point lead when the regular season ended. 31 top 10s, just everywhere we could go. And the points reset, we started to chase. And even then we were great. We won race four and five. And then very simply, we just got beat. Jimmy Johnson won the next four races. Um, and, you know, there's very few times in racing that I kind of want to forget about. You know, you love everything. That, it's a great sport to be in. But the walk in Phoenix, because it wasn't even Miami, the walk in Phoenix from the pit box to the trailer was the longest walk ever. We ran like six or seventh. We ran pretty good. But um, Jimmy had won his fourth in a row, and it was like a 75 or 85-point win at that point. And, uh, and you, you knew then the championship was basically over. And it was, uh, without a doubt, the most, most regretful year and the best year all in one. A high moment came in June of 2007. Jeff's wife, Ingrid, gave birth to their first child, a daughter named Ella. Jeff couldn't stop talking about his new daughter and said it gave him a new appreciation for parents, and especially moms. Jeff Gordon was 15 years into his NASCAR driving career, and while still young, the toll on his body started to show. Three races into the 2008 season, Jeff was involved in a crash at Las Vegas Motor Speedway that afflicted him with chronic back pain. And Steve Letarte said, tough as Jeff was, the pain showed. You know, it probably became the most clear after his Vegas wreck. That's the one that uh, I remember we tested Phoenix afterwards. And Jeff's, you know, people can call him a pretty boy and all the stuff they joke about, but he's as tough as they come. Like... I was there for the days that he beat his ribs to death wrecking at Texas, and we strapped him in the car the next week, and he didn't say nothing. Like, he raced through it all. Um, never wanting any credit to race through it all, but he would race through it all. And that's the one wreck. Um, he showed up at 9 a.m. in Phoenix ready to run, and we, we purposely didn't run very much because that wreck hurt. Um, I mean, he was beat up. And I remember after that, we really started to work on the seats, work on his comfort, he would never come out and say, you know, my back hurts or this hurts or I need this. He was always, you know, I think we would be better if I could fix this or if I, you know, it was always in the goal to improvement. It was never to make him comfortable. Um, but I think after that Vegas wreck, it became clear to me that his back, like he, he wasn't just a beat up race car driver. He had something more than that. While suffering through back problems, Jeff continued to score top fives and top tens, but no wins. It was the first year since his rookie season, 15 years prior, that Jeff went winless. Steve Letarte said they weren't preoccupied with earning that victory, 
but if it happened, it happened. They were still going to race. So the 07-08 transition is racing in a nutshell. Uh, you know, 07, we could we while we didn't win the championship, we could do very little wrong, run well all the time, win a lot of races. And, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I just think that 07 took way more out of me. I'd love to say it took more out of Jeff, but I don't think that's the case. I still think he showed up ready to go. I just think that, that you know, you, uh, you it was a tough year, tough loss in 07. We came back in 08. The new car was more prevalent. We didn't weren't quite as good with it as we needed to be. Jimmy was outstanding with it, um, which made it even harder because now you're trying to beat perhaps, not perhaps, you're trying to beat the best in the business at the time with the same equipment, which made it very difficult. It feels like what Cobbage's teammates must feel like now. Uh, and, we, you know, we never wanted to admit that we, I mean, we had some good runs, um, just never could win. And, and, you know, at the end of 08, it sounds awful, but like with like 10 races to go, the pressure was immense to try to win. And then once we went winless, it was almost like, okay, it happened. Now we can go back and keep racing. One of those deals. By early 2009, Jeff was intent upon fixing his back pain. He wanted to understand the problem and overcome. You know, the whole reason that I, I had the procedure this week is because, you know, it, it's been something that's been building up for many years. Uh, you know, I take some blame and credit for letting it get to where where it has over the last year and a half um and and you know this this year i've been you know really focused i think i think this the whole team you know after after last year we just recommitted and dedicated ourselves to doing everything that we possibly can make the cars better um make the pit stops better the communication better and me as a driver you know driving better and i felt like a lot of that was uh, physical fitness, being being you know comfortable in the car, and it had a lot to do with my back as well. And, and so all those things are things that over the off season I, I I've been addressing. My my physical fitness program is fantastic. I'm best shape that I've can ever remember being in. Um, but all the things I was doing, the stretches, the the, the the fitness workouts, none of those things were making my back any better. And and. You know, we tried things in the seat, lumbar supports, all those things. And it's only certain tracks that it really flares up bad. Uh, Martinsville and Bristol were two that, that really stood, stood out. And, you know, I just, when I was talking to the doctors, I wanted, you know, to make sure that whatever we do with the type of season that we're having, that when we get down to the end of the season, when, when I feel like this championship is won, that I'm in the best shape that I can be in, that I'm not complaining about back problems if that's possible. And so that's why we did the treatment, you know, now. And after the last MRI, we learned a little bit more about what's going on. And, um, you know, all I can tell you is right now I feel pretty good. They said it's going to take six to seven days for it to really uh, have its full impact. And, you know, today in the car, yesterday at our go-kart event, you know, I was feeling really good. So I'm pretty happy so far with the results. And, and hopefully, um, you know, we, we, we can resolve what's going on every time we do something we learn more and so this is going to be a learning process and, and hopefully uh, you know it's something that will resolve the issues i'm having jeff only scored one win in 2009 it was at texas motor speedway and it would be his last with crew chief steve letart the 24 team went winless again in 2010 and owner rick hendrick called for another crew chief change bringing alan gustafson to work with jeff so we go winless in 10 and um 
we have our Tuesday meeting and I'm in Tuesday before Thanksgiving and I'm in the conference room and it's a big table. And I, I'm there, but I'm not, right? I'm staring out the window, kind of like, this season's been a long season, I'm ready to leave. And at the end of the meeting, Rick kind of had slipped in the back. And at the end of the meeting, we all get up to leave. And Rick, famous words, Rick would always say, hey, Steve, I just need to see you for a minute. So as I walk from one end of the conference room to the other to go into his office, I think to myself, I wonder who's hired. Because I damn well know I'm getting fired. Right? Like, like, the place is like family to me, but you go winless with Jeff Gordon through the last three years. You're not going to be there. I went in, sat down with Rick, and we sat at the couch, which I then that struck me again. I was like, because that's where you fire people, right? Like, you don't sit behind the desk and fire them. It's not how Rick is. He's going to sit next to you on the couch. He's got, you know. And he told me that day, he said, hey, I need you to do me a favor. I, 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 at this point, didn't know what he meant. And he said, if the kid, if Dale Jr., he's speaking of, he said, if he can't win in my equipment, there'll be a black eye on this company. We need him to win. So he told me we were going to swap I left there, um, talked to Chad a little bit, and that was the announcement, right, basically internally that we were switching teams. You know, I think truth be known, that's Jeff being Jeff, right, because, you know, I don't know how long it had been. That's the first moment I had heard about it, but I'm confident that that doesn't happen without Jeff Gordon okaying it, right? Like, if he wants a new crew chief, and he, if Jeff Gordon is going to blame it on me, which should have been, I was leading the ship. I had zero restrictions, could have done everything I wanted. I deserve the blame. Then there would have been a new crew chief and moved on. But the fact that Jeff was going to switch buildings, go over to it, because really what happened is a driver switch, not a crew chief change, right? I kept all my own people, all my own cars, all everything. And that just says really what Jeff Gordon's all about, right, is 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 he probably should have blamed the crew chief, but instead said, I need a whole new atmosphere. And I think the key to all that is we split him and Jimmy up out of the same building and got the two alpha males out of the same building, and I think it was better for everyone in the end. While the 24 team was in transition again, Jeff would experience another milestone at home. He and Ingrid welcomed their second child in 2010, a boy they named Leo. Now a dad of two, Jeff wanted his children to see him in victory lane, and he began to think of more than just winning races. Alan Gustafson wasn't a newbie to NASCAR or Hendrick Motorsports. He had worked as crew chief for Kyle Busch and Mark Martin before being paired with Jeff. Together, they found victory lane right away in 2011 with a win at Phoenix. It's the day Jeff Gordon has been looking forward to for nearly two years. Out front, pulling away from Kyle Busch into turn number three for the final time. Off turn number four, he can see the checkered flag from here off the corner. Today, the Valley of the Sun is the Valley of Jeff Gordon. He goes to victory lane and wins the Subway Fresh Fit 500. Rick Hendrick, Alan Gustafson are embracing on top of this war wagon up here is Alan Gustafson. Getting high fives all the way around. We'll see if we can ease in here and grab a word with Alan. He gets another hug from Rick Hendrick. And Alan, congratulations. It took two races. You guys are going to victory lane. Woo! I'm speechless. That was a, that was a tough day, man. The guys uh, on this drive in Hunger Chevy did an unbelievable job, you know, getting, getting wrecked early. Uh, all kinds of problems. Lost the gauges halfway through the race. And, Jeff just drove the wheels off it. Uh, Kyle, Kyle got in front of us, and Jeff ran him down, man. That's, that was Jeff Gordon right there, but it's Jeff Gordon, so just pumped. Absolutely excited. Got to thank Driving in Hunger, ARP, DuPont, Pepsi, Chevrolet, of course, best cars 
in the world, man. Awesome day. Just so thankful to Alan Gustafson, this whole team, all the hard work over the offseason, and uh, all my teammates and everybody at Hendrick Motorsports, especially driving in hunger. Uh, this is huge for them. I mean, I, I, I know that they took a chance coming here, but I don't think they ever had any idea it's going to be quite like this. A few years ago, you tied, tied Dale Earnhardt here with 76 wins. Today at Phoenix, you tie Cale Yarborough for fifth on the all-time list. What does that mean to you? Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm such a huge fan of, of Kale's. And, you know, one of the first conversations I ever had with anybody when it came to the Cup Series was Kale Yarbrough. He wanted me to drive his car, and I actually tested his car that a lot of people don't realize way, 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 way back. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's just uh, an amazing race car driver. And, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't know if we were ever going to get past 82. The way things have uh, been going the last uh, couple years, you know, you just you, you, you lose a little bit of that spark and, and you wonder what it's going to take to get to victory lane. But I can, I can tell you after today, it takes a team like this and a race car like that, and uh, we're having a blast, man. I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. When we qualified 20th, I thought we were in trouble. But, boy, after today, uh, I am really excited about this season. Gustafson knew Jeff was looking for a crew chief who could put him in victory lane. At that time, that was the fourth driver I'd worked with there. So... I knew that I had to, each driver has kind of their own little nuances and their differences and and uh, we had to kind of figure out how to do that and, and then his performance hadn't been where they want, you know, he wanted it to be or anybody wanted it to be over the last few years so I knew that that was something that we needed to try to work on and, and try to improve and, and build around and certainly he's a guy that you can, you know, build a team around and it's one of the, you know, the strong suits he's always had through his career. He's a really uh, good guy to work with and, you know, people want to work hard for him so, um, the start of 2011 was kind of up and down, and we had some really good runs uh, and won a race pretty quick, if I remember correctly, at Phoenix, yeah. Um, but then had some pretty big struggles. Like, I remember we went to Texas and were just terrible. Um, so it took a little while to work some of that stuff out. But, um, yeah, I mean, getting back to Victory Lane was, was, was certainly priority number one. And, you know, getting the chase and being competitive in the chase. At that time, I'm pretty sure wins didn't lock you in. You had to you had to be in on on uh, on points. And I think that was you know the ten either ten or twelve at the time, which was tough. Which was uh, you know the chase format there was was, was was difficult for sure. Jeff and Gustafson won several times over the next few years, but never succeeded at winning a fifth championship. Jeff continued his struggle to succeed in the playoff format something everyone knew and Gustafson says was not Jeff's style. The playoff thing, he just has no weaknesses and he's good everywhere he goes um, and he's good short tracks, he's good intermediates, he's good road courses, he's good uh, play tracks and he's a smart racer and he knows um, what to do on days when you're 8th and when you're 12th and when you're 1st and, and I think that the chase is, uh, randomizes it a little bit because you know one circumstance or one situation can derail you significantly, and, and it's hard to make up for it in a short period of time. And, and uh, you know, where as you play the odds or you play the numbers or statistically over the year, you know the best guys I think are going to come out on top. And he was really good at that. And, good at putting himself in position and I don't think he was you know bad at the chase and I don't think that it didn't suit him it just didn't seem to go his way. Jeff says it wasn't just the playoff format that held him back from winning that fifth championship. Yeah I mean I think competition you know some rules changed um, the format changed I mean I guess you know Jimmy Johnson and that, that, those are 
definitely things that, that did it, but ultimately we didn't perform. That's that's the number one, you know, uh, on the list of, of, of any time you don't win a championship is because as a team you didn't perform. 2012 and 2013 weren't bad years, but didn't finish the way the team wanted, and everyone was frustrated. Jeff expressed that the team was determined to find positives they could build upon each week. We've uh, tested ourselves me personally, Alan, you know, all the engineers, all the guys, the pit crew, everybody on this team, um, because we've gone to racetracks where we felt like we should have performed um, and we didn't. We've gone to racetracks where we were performing and made mistakes um, or had failures, and, and that, that tests your patience, it tests your frustration in the car, off the track, your, your, per, you know, the, your, your relationship with uh, the people on the team. and. Um, when, when, when you can fight through that, it makes you stronger. And we thought we fought through enough last year, but we actually, I think, needed a little bit more of that. And, and it's been a struggle. So knowing what struggles we've been through to have things going well, um, it, it's, it is exciting because um, we can appreciate it so much more because we, we know what those tough times were really like. Now in his 12th year of his drive for five, Gordon knew that his career was winding down and his opportunities to win another championship were slipping away. And I know for me, you know, we won basically three out of four years, finished second that other year from, from 95 through 98. And it just, you're in this whirlwind, you know, it's just, it just, it just seems like you're at the speed of light and, and it's just all going by so fast. And sometimes until you, you don't win that championship. You you don't really look back on it or or, or, or think about it. Uh, you just keep going to the next event and, and and you stay very busy. Also, he had entertained the idea of retiring, but team owner Rick Hendrick talked him out of it. And I, I sat down with Rick Hendrick and we talked a lot about it. And it wasn't just the back. I mean, I had a very successful career. Was performing at the same level as I had at one time, and so I knew that the time was coming. And, and luckily Rick you know, kind of talked me into racing a couple more years, which I'm, I'm glad he did because um, I got in better shape and my back was okay. It wasn't great, but it was okay. And, and we came close to winning some championships in 14 and 15. So uh, it was a great way to, in, in, you know, to, to wrap it up and, and be able to go out on my own terms. Jeff kept racing and his back pain kept getting worse. However, 2014 was one of the best seasons Jeff had had in a long time as he scored four wins and qualified for the Cup Series playoffs. We haven't had a team like this you know, since 2001. So, I mean, 07 we were close, 04 we were close, but I don't think we ever really had this type of momentum, this kind of chemistry uh, since we won our last championship. And you know, in all honesty, that's what it takes to win a championship. So, uh, who we've been up against, they've had that. And we've got that back this year, and that's why I'm really excited about our chances. Jeff barely missed earning a spot in the championship four, something Gustafson regrets. You know, we came really close in 14, but uh, we were never able to do it. And, and uh, you know, I think that we had some opportunities to, to do it, certainly in 14 and, and in 15. And, and you, know, you look back on it, hindsight's always 20-20, right? I mean, you know, kind of second-guess some things, but uh, I thought we had the performance to do it, and unfortunately just, just didn't get it done. But yeah, certainly that was objective. A lot had changed for Jeff Gordon at the end of the 2014 season. 
He was seriously thinking about retirement, and he knew that a decision needed to be made soon. On the next episode of MRN Presents Jeff Gordon, The Colorful Career of the Rainbow Warrior. The conclusion of Jeff's driving career was nearing, but there would be one thing he hoped to accomplish before he called it quits. I don't think his family ever said don't go. I think what if you read back to articles where you interview Jeff, Jeff's going to say, I wanted my kids to be in victory life. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to bring a therapist. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I want to hold my kids in victory lane and I want them to experience the excitement, the screaming, the yelling, the hollering, all the stuff that goes on in victory lane. Until then, I'm Brian Nelson. This program was a presentation of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. Jeff Gordon. The Colorful Career of the Rainbow Warrior was written and produced by Alexa Henrian. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained within this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com.